What's up, everybody? It's your boy Darius J. And I'm Stevie Neal. And this your girl Mella G. With special guests. It's my turn. Yeah. I'm Dr. Angel Jones. Hey, y'all. What's up, everybody? And this is Conversate. Let's talk about it. All, All right. right. Get to, you know what I'm saying? So, Another show. We miss y'all. We down yes. to monthly shows right now. Because yeah. we are as busy as we can possibly be. But it'll be concentrated. Day. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? We put out good content every time. It, it's right. excellent. We had excellent yeah. guests. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Lately, all the beautiful sisters have been representing for us. You know what I'm saying? They've been pulling in and showing up and showing out. And we're glad to showcase another one in Dr. Jones. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> So, guys, around this time, we always ask how you live in. First off, special guest and ladies yes. first. Um, I'm amazing. Life has been pretty dope lately, despite how much our country is on fire and our world is on fire. Um, but I feel mm. like because of that, this has given me time and space to really do the work that needs to be done to really help our students, our community, our people. Um, so yeah, just really focusing on doing the work and creating spaces for our voices to be heard, for our stories to be told um, and really enjoying doing that. So yeah, super grateful. Awesome. Fantastic, fantastic. How you live in Melody? <laughs> um, as always, learning and growing. Uh, me and a brother, uh, Chase, uh, is doing the six week challenge. Uh, where we're holding each other accountable to get our creative projects off the ground. So a lot of not just talking about it, but being about it. Um, and so it's been really great. We have our weekly check-in. We have milestones that we created for the projects that we're working on. And um, yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to um, say what I'm releasing just yet and let it be a surprise. But um, working on something really amazing that I'm hoping is going to be able to help other small businesses catapult their vision and get off, you know, like get from the mentality of thinking about doing it, but actually launching it. So, um, yeah, that's been kind of like how I live in, among many other things. I kind of concur with uh, uh, Dr. Angel as well, you know, with all the chaos that's going on in the world. Sometimes it's kind of hard to navigate through it and be positive. Um, but I think with this this six week challenge that I've been doing, I've been able to kind of uh, balance myself out, if you will, and not be so consumed with what's going on in the world that deters me from actually putting something out that's meaningful. So that's how I've been. Oh, you I live Stephen Neal. Well, well, first of all, I like to point out how amazingly efficient we are yeah. at our how we live in right now. It's real clean and smooth. I love it. But um, how I'm living, first of all, today, we got to uh, uh, baptize a young man that we've been studying the Bible with um, since July, but really since a few years ago when he first picked up. Uh, shout out to Jay uh, for getting dunked, Woo. getting yeah, dipped in the water, <laughs> um, and making the decision to make Jesus Lord. Mm -hmm. uh, so... Um, that happened today and also this weekend, you know, I tried to do the handyman thing, 
um, my washing machine went bad and uh, I replaced the part and it actually started to work again, but it failed. It failed again. So I had to buy a new washing machine. And that's not as fun as it should be, right? Like you're plunking down that kind of money. Like, you know, you want to enjoy it, right? But nah, that's mm. adulting. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. I had to do that. You know what I mean? But I turned it into a good time because I I did like four loads of laundry, man. <laughs> when I got <laughs> home last night. I'm like, I'm making sure this thing works. I right. put out this kind exactly. of money that I did not expect. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, uh, so yeah, that's just how I'm living, just kind of, you know, putting out putting out fires, solving problems, uh, goals and dreams like Mella was talking about too, you know, like you know, we have some collaborations, we have some mm -hmm. uh, things we're trying to get off the ground. And of course, conversate. It's been yeah. show week. It's been a whole lot of fun just yeah. uh, seeing how everybody reacts with everything and interacts with everything, you know, trying to establish that conversate culture for you guys, the mm -hmm. conversators. Uh, so <laughs> that is how I'm living. How you living, Darius J? DJ. Uh, I am living well, you know, now. Uh, it has been a stressful week, you know what I'm saying, you know. Uh, y'all know, uh, <laughs> I've been, you know, studying for cloud certifications and stuff like that. And, you know, going through the process of trying to get myself on another level, you know what I mean? And, um, a month living life and working my current job, you know what I'm saying? Which has been getting, um, more and more difficult, you know what I'm saying? To deal with certain people, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, you know, you, you understand people don't hear you in a room, you just be like, I want to do something crazy, but you know, I'm trying to stay uh, employed. <clears throat> Sometimes, Amen. Sometimes, like, I had to get pulled to the side by my VP and be like, Yo, you know what I'm saying? How you went off on the people, you know? But you know, it is what it is. Uh, but I haven't been even really been saying anything, I kind of just like been just doing what I need to do. I kind of switched my role up with the whole thing. And um, I don't know. Everything that I'm working for now is kind of like it's part of an exit strategy. You know what I mean? Um, and um, just trying to be positive, you know what I'm saying, in it all and trying to be able to, you know, like my mom always told me, like, when you go into a job, there's always something you can take from it. You know what I mean? So um, right now I'm pulling the resources either through experiences or just to plan overall work and what I have to do, and you know, to make my day and see, mm -hmm. can I come away with something positive, something that will be um, able to translate into new positions and trying to be like, you know, in my in my own zone, you know what I mean. Like I, I like you know what I mean. I, I always say uh, I I am willing to uh, come in the door like I came in, and that's looking. I'm always looking for something new. You know what I'm saying. I'm always looking like I don't I don't like to live my life like I'm dependent on something when I know I have skills that can translate over into revenue. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. So. When people feel like they got something over you, they feel like they can hold you in a, a specific position. And I don't 
in the past couple of years, I just don't live like that anymore. I'm just like, no, nah, I'm, I'm, I can always get better and do better. So um, I'm gonna live that way, and I'm I don't want to. I'm not gonna be held down by what you think you can hold me to, because I know, just like it, it's a door in, it's always a door out into another door in. But yeah, I've been living like that. Deep, I love it. <clears throat> Compelling well, it like and rich. We're living pretty well uh, for yeah. the most part overall, so that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. So let's jump into our topic winner. Uh, thank you again for uh, voting and participating yep. in our polls on Instagram. So the winner was the Crown Act that was just passed by the House of Representatives. Um, actually, uh, we see that um, Angel actually recently posted something on her Twitter in regards to the Crown Act. So it'll be only fair for her to kind of start off the conversation. Uh, I'm going to uh, put the the tweet on the overlay so everyone can see what she posted. Um, but kind of give us like your thoughts around like where your your mindset was when posting this and when finding out that it passed. Um, yeah, I think for me, um, just, just the work I do in, in general, it is race-based, it's, it's gender-based. I call out white supremacy and white privilege on a regular basis. Um, and as a result of that, I do get a lot of trolls um, that come for me and keep telling me that white privilege doesn't exist. It's a myth and we're just crying about something that just d- that doesn't exist. Um, so I'm constantly reminding people of the different ways in which white privilege shows itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it comes to the Crown Act, I feel like it's ridiculous that a Crown Act is even necessary, right? Like the fact exactly. that I need a law to tell y'all that y'all can't come for me because of the hair that grows out of my head naturally. <laughs> like that is bananas, right? And I, I think of, I mean, I've been natural now for 15 years, um, but like I had, I had my first perm when I was seven because I wanted to look a certain way because I saw girls on TV and things like that. And just how controlled I was by wanting to fit into these white ideals or these white standards of beauty. And it controlled me for a long time. Um, and then even once I went natural, like I still struggled with it, right? So mm-hmm. like if I, if I had a job interview, I would straighten my hair before that job interview, right? Because mm-hmm. straight, straight hair is thought to be professional and stuff like that. Um, I don't move that way anymore, mm-hmm. but I definitely struggled with it, right? So. It's great that it got passed in the house. It's not a law yet. It still has yeah. a way to go. And I honestly don't know which way it's gonna go. Um, I, obviously I know what I want, but it shouldn't be necessary. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, I think, um, I mean, I'm not really on social media as much unless it pertains to business things. But I think um, when I heard that, or when I heard that this was a topic winner, I kind of went and did some research and look at articles and just kind of look through down through history and it's amazed me that you know i mean it didn't really amaze me because there's so many different things that were discriminated against and you know outside of just hair but it was just interesting just how it evolved over the years there was actually a case in 1976 where the u.s court of appeals upheld a race demonstration lawsuit against an employer for a bias against afros and that was in 1976. And even like in the 1700s, you go back to, you know, slaves, you know, covering their hair, you know, with uh, head rags due to harsh demands of work. But then you have the people who were working in the house that was emulating their hair to kind of reflect, you know, um, Eurocentric styles, whether they uh, wore wigs or they kind of emulated their hair. 
their natural hair to kind of, you know, imitate, you know, what, you know, the European culture was kind of represented at the time. And then that that is and was and has still is still the, to this day kind of the beauty, the standard of beauty, you know. So the fact that kind of like what you said towards the end of you know your comment is that why is it even a thing that we have to have a law to say for hair, like of all things, <laughs> like I can't have a job uh, in certain workplaces because of the way my hair is. My hair is my hair. Like I, why would I? Why would you want me to change that for, you know? So maybe I don't. I mean I know why, but it's just mm -hmm. like why. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um. Like, cause for me, you know, what I'm saying, you know, I always. I always wore my hair the way I wanted to wear it, you know what I'm saying? Even though just like, you know, even talking to my grandmother and stuff like that, she was just like, well, you'll you never get a good job like that. And I was just like, eh, you know, I mean, I, I hopefully my skill will be able to showcase itself. I said, because I'm not coming in looking like a bum. I always keep my face and stuff like that, shade and stuff like that, hair tape and everything like that. But, you know, I, way I wear my hair shouldn't be the deal breaker in, you know what I'm saying, in this place. Like, I have the skills to do the job, you know what I'm saying? And, um, and you know, and I know it, it more, you know what I'm saying, relates to as it come with, you know what I'm saying, to the women, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, man, they, they, they got to get a job. The first thing they do, if they feel like they're going to go to a place, they're just going to cut their hair off. And just like I, like me, I was like, well, I'm not cutting my hair off. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, it ain't messy or anything or nothing like that. I'm just wear my hair the way I wear. I got dreads. Just deal with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it ain't like I'm walking around looking at your head all day. But, you know, people uh, of the less melanated tones, uh, that's that's what they, they do. They, they, they judge and they look at uh, things and they you know, make their decisions upon stereotypes in which they build. And they try to hold you to the standard, you know what I'm saying, until which they believe, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Because most of the time, the things that we have done or how we treat people, we don't treat people that way. And most of the time, you know what I'm saying, we try, like, I know, like, my grandmother, she just only, you know, reciprocated what she had been taught all life, but, you know, and <clears throat> I just, told myself I would never live like that. I was just like, it, it's, it's hard. You know what I'm saying? And that's even something that I try to tell my little sister and stuff like that. I was just like, yo, um, you got to get out of college. Um, yeah. Um, things are a lot better now, but it's still going to be hard. And you're still going to run into hardships that, you know, doing things in the professional realm and, you know, people going to try to try you up and they're going to try to belittle you. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's through blatancy, you know what I'm saying, just being outright, or they're going to, you know, do the little shadow game, which is just like just saying little things that bother people. And, mm -hmm. and I, I, like I said, man, it's just crazy that we have to <laughs> have something to protect us. You know what I'm saying? It's just like after the civil rights came, affirmative action and, you know, several other things and policies that come around to try to protect us. And, and still, it's not all the way because even just like something that I posted, you know what I'm saying, on the group page, I was just like, you know, if, if 
a lot of these things that y'all seem to not matter. Why don't you just take race off most of the um, applications that we have to use in order to get access to things? Right. If it really doesn't matter, if we live in a world that's not uh, judging people off their skin, hair, you know what I'm saying, and everything. But yeah. Yeah, and just to add to that, I just mm-hmm. um, being in the tech space, for example, like I'm I'm in IT right now, and you know, very similar level jobs. It really doesn't matter. Like you know, like I have my beard like this. I have my beard even thicker than this. It's all that matters is like you can do the job. You yeah. know what I mean? And even if you are interfacing with customers, you know, um, unless I'm like a product developer or or a product manager or something like that. I'm not really interfacing with a whole lot of people. But so then on the school level, we tell our kids, oh, well, you have to, you know, straighten your hair or keep it cut like in a certain standard or something like that. Because I remember there's a theme school not too far from here, Narva J. Harris uh, Elementary School, that put up a chart and basically said like, you know, anything like any of those like uh, tapers with like parts in them and stuff like they couldn't even wear that. It had to be just like just straight up low cuts or something like that. Like to me, that's like a tax of culture. That's like specific. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And the thing is, our own people, we do it to each other because we're trying to protect, you know, from like that discrimination. But in essence, we kind of erase our own cultural pride or, you know, or any kind of autonomy, you know what I mean? And so that's like the double effect of something like that is like, you don't get to really be yourself. Whereas others like, you know, we've had discussions like this, you know, if two different people have like the same length hair, but Trevor has a different texture in that length, he gets to rock his Thor hair well, I have to cut my afro. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's. I, I think that's the ugliest effect of all is that it just kind of makes you ashamed of your own heritage. Yeah, and I'm glad yeah. you brought that up because I feel like a lot of people think that hair discrimination is just in the in in, in the professional world, right? But it is affecting our kids, and so just like there are actual school dress codes that say no braids, no 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 dreadlocks. I think that specifically target our kids. I remember last, and it, it does affect men and boys too, which I definitely want to point out. Um, last year, there was a wrestler, a young young man who was forced by the ref to cut off his dreads. Otherwise, they would not let him compete. Mm-hmm. Right. The match. He, had to, he had to get them yeah. like, cut in front of everybody in yeah. order to be able to do this. Um, meanwhile, there are white male wrestlers with their long ponytails and all types of things that get to do whatever they want to do, right? So I'm happy for this law because I feel like it'll help our kids and I'm always going to care about them more than anything. So I'm glad it's going to help us too as black women and as black men, um, but we shouldn't need it. But I'm glad that it will help our kids to be able to show up as their authentic self because it does mess with your racial identity development. It was already so hard mm-hmm. for them in this country. Yeah. Um, yeah. Their, their hair should be the last thing that they, yeah, they have to, to think about. about. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Exactly. That's why I love this uh, quote by Marcus Garvey. He says, uh, don't remove the kinks from your hair, remove them from your brain. Mm. Um, yes. I think that's so powerful because I think it is definitely a mindset change, you know, because like you said, it affects our being. 
like who we are authentically or, or what could potentially prevent us from being ourselves authentically. You know, the way that we do it. Cause I feel like I know that hair is power because um, for a while I really didn't like my hair, you know, um, even for even growing up getting perms, I didn't really kind of connect it to like, this is the way I need to appear. It was just more of like, well, my mom did perms, so I'm just gonna continue to do it because this is all like, this is pretty much how I know how my hair will be straight. Um, but then when I started, you know, reading into how it's damaging my hair, you know, so let me grow this out, let me go natural. And then I was like, okay, I really don't know. Like that whole natural, you know, transition and trying to figure out what to do with your hair every day and what products work best for your hair. And you still gotta be presentable and still this. And it was just like a lot. So I was like, oh, well lock them up because I, can, I don't know what to do. And then even through that stage, it's like, oh my God. Like, it's like, it's a never ending cycle just to kind of become this authentic person, like even through like your hair, like expressing yourself through your hair. So now I feel like I've reached a place that even when I'm in my, you know, new growth stage, I still can maintain a style to where I feel comfortable in myself. And I don't have to like hide behind a hat or hide behind, you know, something else until I'm able to get it done again. Um, and I think it kind of correlates to just me as a person where I tend to hide behind certain things because I don't feel like I'm, you know, a certain, I don't meet a certain standard in order to, possess that or whatever the case may be. So I do feel like the issue definitely runs deeper than just hair itself. I think the message behind it, it, it causes you kind of have like an identity crisis, if you will, like really trying to figure out who are you authentically and how are you able to really share that with the world or with your peers or even just like a, um, you know, interpersonal level. So yeah, I definitely agree. It's, it's much deeper than, it's not just professional. It's, it's definitely like a, identity issue as well yeah <clears throat> so yeah and what i love too is that uh dove is stepped out and uh kind of champion this cause or like make people aware of it um so the fact that a company would kind of put themselves out there i mean of course you know say what you will one way or the other does it sell more dove probably you know, it, it can't hurt them to be yeah. to, to step out in front of this cause. But I, I think it's awesome at the same time because a lot of people, you know, depending on your station in life, uh, you know, some people have the privilege of this not being an issue, you know, and now they get to at least hear the dialogue. I mean, but you can say that about a lot of things. I mean, what do you guys think about that? I mean. Mm. Dove also had some issues with our community and had that whole racist commercial fallout yeah. last year. So yeah. <laughs> redeeming themselves. Um, just say, I mean, or they could have done the work right and hired someone that is doing the work for them, right? Like that is possible too. I'm gonna hope yeah. it's the latter and give the benefit of the doubt, but I'm gonna need to see if it's continued right. or if y'all just take exactly. it because y'all still yeah. in trouble with us. Because a lot right. of people like and yeah. I, I love Dove, so I was tight. I was like, yo, like you're my favorite soap. Now I gotta go find something else. Something else. Come on. I'm telling you, companies sure do change the whole scope of your life and grooming. Once you, you be like, hey man, uh, they don't did that. Well, exactly. to cancel, man. I can't keep up sometimes. That's what I'm saying. That's why you buy black owned. 
you ain't got to worry. Right, Buy black on, and you ain't got to worry about all this other foolishness. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Support one another. Okay. Um, <laughs> it, it, it is uh, a trying thing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so I guess you know we can transition into this next topic, um, which I feel that we should talk about the debate <laughs> because it's just so there's been so many memes. Number one <laughs> that's been created from both of the the debates, the vice president and the president. But I I don't have any specific question at the moment, but I guess just like what have been your overall thoughts of just this whole debate situation? What? I I mean, yeah. You you got it, Darius? Yeah, I guess I'll start, man. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Um, My thoughts on the whole debates. Uh, uh, for one, you know what I'm saying? The first one with the presidential debates. Let's just start with that tomfoolery. Uh, right. That was a sad show of, of our political uh, situation right now. You know what I mean? And it, it, it kind of disheartened me as I had talks with, you know, several people. You know, most of our friends are political. You know what I'm saying? And they're going to say what they say and say what they, they have to say. Um, but it, I was just like, yo, man, like, <laughs> is this all we had to offer for our, for the parties? You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, I, the only hope for Joe Biden is come out. You know what I'm saying? That's the only good thing about his whole thing. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm like hoping for just him saying, you know what? I'm a hundred years old. I'm going to step down and let <laughs> Kamala take over. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? I don't even know where I'm at half the time. You know what I'm saying? But um, Donald Trump, you know, he's been who he has been for the whole time. You know what I mean? Like, uh, he's never changed. And I don't even understand how we allowed this guy to get into office. I'm still baffled. I'm baffled as well. I'm like, I just sit there and just like, because I I was talking to my mother-in-law yesterday. This is our favorite subject right here. and she was just like, this dude, you know what I'm saying, is an idiot. That's all she ever said about it. He's an idiot. And I'm just like, okay. You know what I'm saying? At, but I don't get it. Like, I, I was like, what? The Republicans, <laughs> all y'all had to offer was Donald J. Trump. You know what I'm saying? Y'all could have picked Mick Romney again. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? Up. Don't <laughs> just say somebody. You know what I'm saying? I really go. I was just like, this all y'all got? You know what I mean? Like, dude, you could have got the dude working at the front door of the White House out of ticket. You know what I'm saying? But this right here, it was just sad for me. And I was just like, all that is was a yelling match. Because just like I tell people, the way Donald Trump debate is all he do is he know how to pick a fight. And mm-hmm. once you get up under your skin, he under your skin. Now you out of sorts. And now you don't stoop down to his Very level. Petty. Like, I, I'm telling you, like, he a master manipulator. Like, he know how to get people off issues and just listen to what he has to say, and which most time is nothing. You know what I'm saying? Because the people that listen to him, I just be like, I do understand your intelligence level now. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, with the vice president thing, I was just like, <laughs> I was just like, yo, man, why this dude keep trying to talk over this lady like that. I'm like, yo, 
You, it ain't even your turn. And, and and the moderators, they need to get some moderators with some buttons or something. Just like, hey, a black woman. Something. <laughs> I don't. I'm just like, yo, you really trying to use your privilege right now? Like, hey, shut up. I don't want to hear what you got to say with the fly on the side of my head. I was like, I was like, is he in decay right now? Because flies don't stay on a lot of things like that. You know what I'm saying? People that are alive and moving. I'm telling you, that fly was chilling for a cool 12 minutes and 30 seconds. And I was just like, and his I was messed up. And I was like, is he dead? Stop. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm like, that whole White House staff might be real COVID-y right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm like, I mean, I just, it, it made it hard to listen to. And like, even though she was making valid points, you know what I'm saying? It was hard to just sit there and listen to because it's just like this dude getting on my nerve I w- if i was in the crowd i would have walked up and just like <laughs> and it's like now nah, you can talk auntie. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I'm, I, I mean i i feel like this is the kind of the sum total of what we all have voted vo- voted for mm-hmm. you know what i mean like you know it's it's been really easy in the last 20 years to become apathetic to politics. I mean, I'll even take it back to, you know, George W. Bush and what happened with that election. You know, that was my first time voting. Like I was 18 years old. I waited three hours to vote in some small church gym just for the Supreme court to decide who the president was. So that's frustrating. It's, it's Mm -hmm. frustrating, but it's had like a chain reaction on the local level around here, like Georgia for a long time was democratic uh, gubernatorial wise. Like yeah. Miller, the Democrats created a whole scholarship. Yeah, you know? exactly. And, kept and I was talking about that yesterday. Exactly. And kept it in place for a really long time as it yeah. was before it got changed to, mm-hmm. you know, got altered to kind of, you know, benefit people who don't need it. But anyway, yep. um, right. that part, uh, <laughs> 3.7 GPA. Exactly. What is that? Anyway, <laughs> um, so with the recent events, you know, with George Bush and then with uh, Roy Barnes kind of getting supplanted by Nate, um, Purdue. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Purdue was the guy that kind of changed the tide around here. Um, it's just kind of like, just here in Georgia, it's just like, oh, we're just so hopelessly red or whatever. And I mean, whatever that means, I mean, that's fine. But don't just like knock yourself out the process. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Like, because you take your voice out of it, then you just let whoever else is speaking be heard. And, you know, right. that kind of addresses what you were saying, Darius. Like, how did we get here? How did Mr. You Fired? become the president of the United States. Like the whole, you know, the star of the apprentice is now the president of the United States. Um, Because it's just like a lot of other people who might've opposed him because of things going the way they were going, you know, with George Bush with 9-11 and, you know, how things shifted in that way, as far Mm -hmm. as our freedoms and how, you know, just what we tolerate in politics, people were just like, you know what? I'm tired. You know, I'm tired, man. You know, Well, what happened with Al Gore, what happened with uh, John Kerry, even though he didn't have a shot. But, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just tired. So I'm just going to sit out of it. And I I think Obama was was refreshing, I suppose. But then even that was just had all this back and forth. 
and uh, the tug of war and Found you know, how indecent the house is right yeah right it kind of lifted the curtain on that so then yeah. that's even more yeah. fatigue more fatigue to the point where in 2016 you know it's hillary's turn but you're know, like what does that even mean so it's like yeah we're a lot of fatigues going on so this is who we have this is who we have. It's a culmination of all these elections that you have participated in or not participated in, depending on who you are. Exactly. Right. Uh, this is this is what we have. So all we got. Yeah. Um it was interesting. Okay. Uh the presidential debate uh was a comedy show the entire time. Uh it was really hard for me to really focus on what they were actually saying. Uh, although I did catch a few things because I you know, was on social media as well. So my the people who was watching it with me was catching important parts where I may have been laughing and not really listening. <laughs> there was a lot of petty stuff going on too. Like a lot of throwing under the bus, like really not focusing on the issues, not answering the questions. Although I feel like the moderator should have been different. He did ask some really specific questions to both candidates and they did not they definitely they, none of them answered the question <laughs> especially regarding white supremacy and Ooh. i didn't even hear any black agenda i didn't even hear what are you gonna do yeah. for us not that I, I felt like i was expecting anything but to say but i mean i had some type of hope that, that you were going you know and then I think also too, I didn't watch the vice presidential debate live because I just felt like it was going to be foolery. But I wish I would have watched it just because of the fly. That's the only reason why I should wish I would have watched it. <laughs> but uh, I digress. I do feel like um, like his comment around systematic racism. Now, I'm not sure what his response was. So if you can help me out and say like. What did he actually say around it? He just said that it didn't exist at all, or that's pretty much what he was saying. It didn't exist. I'm about to say that you, you hit the nail on the head. <laughs> that's that what he said. Stand, stand by. Stand by. Yeah. Right, that part. Yeah. Stand down. Stand, stand by. Stand by. Yeah, I'm just like, sir. What? <laughs> I said hey, it must be nice to go to a nice gated community where everybody that live in your community look just like you. That's all I can say to that. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was interesting. Um, so y'all can see from my Twitter rants, uh, <laughs> I had some feelings. Um, yeah. <laughs> I will not uh, dignify that first debacle with any commentary. So I will start and finish with the vice president um, uh, debate. <laughs> that one was actually a debate. Um, right, exactly. <laughs> and when it comes uh, to that, so first, okay, because um, I feel like people butcher our sister's name on a regular basis to our viewers. Her name is Kamala. Um, and um, I feel like people call her Kamala Kamala all the time. And, and the way she teaches people, like, it's a comma, like, in grammar, and then la, comma, la. And I feel like people, e even on the news, and I'm like, yo, like, she's been running for two years, and they still mess up her name. I think some of them do it on purpose. But I digress. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, so I feel like even taking politics out of the vice president debate. I think for me, I guess, based on the work I do, focus on the race and gender issues um, of the entire thing. And I just feel like, one, I think he disrespected her regularly um, because she was a woman, because she was a black woman. Um, I don't think that he would have been so, I don't think he would have interrupted as much. Um, she wouldn't have had to tell him 15 times I'm speaking. Um, and I feel like even that, I feel like she had to hold herself back 
out of fear of perpetuating yeah. the older black stereotype, right? And I feel like because had she clapped back, which she had every right to, they would have portrayed her a certain way. So I feel like she bit her tongue a yeah. lot more than she wanted to. Um, but I'm sure that there were black women at home saying everything she wanted to say um, and couldn't say <laughs> yeah. Right. So that part mm -hmm. of it frustrated me just because of what that is like. Um, and then I feel like and she even had to check him in terms of like what I'm not about to do is argue with someone that doesn't have any qualifications in this in, in this mm -hmm. area. So, so like mm -hmm. she had to check him and run and run her resume, which I felt like is something that I have to do often. So I definitely mm -hmm. felt that in my soul when she did that. But I feel like what frustrated me even more is that even though she was very uh, composed, they still came for her after the debate and still painted her as this angry black woman, which ticked yeah. me off. So uh, D -D -D Donald Trump called her a monster the, 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 the next morning when he was in an interview on Fox News and said it like three times, called her a monster and a communist. And yeah. I was livid. I was like, are you serious? Like what part of yesterday made her a monster? But he's also into, intimidated by women and calls women's name all the time. But I'm just like, she is the vice presidential candidate. Like, and yep. this is the woman that you're out here calling a monster, which really irks me. And then there was another Fox News um, commentator, whatever you want to call them. Um, that night, um, he called her an insufferable lying B word. Um, oh. as he tweeted this publicly. That's what he said that night. And then the next morning, his tweet said, good morning. Yep, she's still a B. And yep. I was just like, like y'all just get to say whatever you want about us, yeah. right? There's no consequence. Can you imagine if we said something about, like, and, hey, I mean, and then he doubled down and then retweeted his own tweets, and I was just like... That's what I'm saying. And I'm just like, really? Really? Like, as composed and poised and professional as she was, y'all are still calling her an insufferable, lying... I, I, yeah. I, my I mean, a world-class organization that Fox News is. I mean, I could even imagine someone, like, E e black or white, like let's just say ESPN. We'll say ESPN. If someone said that, no matter who they are, they would be fired. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That yeah. is just journalistic integrity out of the window. Mm -hmm. that, that's unbelievable to me. Um, so yeah, if you know, I, I don't remember his name, but if y'all y'all go to my IG, I have a, a screenshot of this disgusting human being in his comments. Gotcha. Yeah. Because um, that just go to show you who are in some of these platforms that people own, and and and, and it's an allowance and a lot, and that's why you know like a lot of people you know tell people like yo man like you know you ain't like I was talking to my wife and my mother in law yesterday. I was just like you is these systems are not gonna denounce themselves you know what i'm saying like you you thought donald trump was gonna get on there and denounce white supremacy you was incorrect you know what i'm saying that that's that's his financial backing you know what i'm saying and he he stands on it he stands on it constantly you know what i'm saying he shows that he's an agitator he shows that he's basically a terrorist a political terrorist you know what i'm saying and all you see is him belittle women belittle people that think differently from him he even belittle he belittle everybody you know what i'm saying and just like like for kamala to be had to be put through that i gotta tell people that stuff like upset me like i couldn't have been sitting in those in the in the vicinity i couldn't even <laughs> been the dude pulling the coat because i would have just like i'm gonna go to prison guys i looked at the dude working side and say hey joe 
I'm finna go to jail, jail. <laughs> you know what I'm saying because it be hard, to, and I can't take that. You know, my wife, you know, I, I can't take stuff like that. I can't sit, I can't allow things like that to happen around me. I'm just like, hey, it's, hey, y'all gonna have to see me now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Y'all think that's something that you can do? You know what I'm saying? Because I don't take no disrespect for nobody around me. You know what I'm saying? Especially women, because even just like, I feel like our black women need to be protected more. You know what I'm saying? Because Oftentimes they step out first, you know what I'm saying? And they have to deal with things first because they are already out there, you know what I'm saying? And we have to step up. And that right there just shows that we have no community that will fight for her. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because any other community that had it been, it would have been a wrap. You know what I'm saying? They would have destroyed that man. Mm-hmm. To get on, to be able to get on Instagram, he wouldn't have been able to walk around. That had to been Jewish people or anything like that. They would have showed up at that dude front step. He was like, yeah, come outside. No, nah, don't, no, nah, tell your kids to go in the house because this ain't going to be pretty. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and we don't have that. You know what I'm saying? And like, I, I'm not trying to advocate violence, but we do need a Black Panther type organization to come back, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. to protect. But we can protect ourselves so we won't have these obviously racist people, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Bigoted people stepping on us, you know what I'm saying? Because I just can't see it. Because just like I tell people, I, I would feel sorry for like I almost I almost killed my neighbor. Oh, <laughs> because he disrespected my wife. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I was just like, she was just like. Don't. I said, well, I'm going to talk to him. I ain't going to do that. I promise. But I will talk to him. And he ain't been that nice and polite to my wife. I bet. I bet. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because I was just like, she was like, he was nice the other day. Yeah, he better be. Because I told him, you do that again? I know where you live. Right. Uh, you know but what I mean, like, you're I'm, right. I'm, you're right. Okay, not about the violence part. I don't, I don't do that part. But yeah, in terms yeah, yeah. of black women, um, so <laughs> 50 years ago, Malcolm X said that the most unprotected, neglected, and disrespected person in the country is the black woman. He said this 50 years ago, and yeah. it's still the same today, right? And I feel like, and we as black women aren't just disrespected by white men. So let's keep it all the way funky, right? Like we're not even protected by yeah, our home men. The way we need to, because I feel like I only saw myself and other other women the, the, the next day trying to fight for Kamala and black men weren't saying a word. So I'm just like, so I think for us as a black woman, we're like, dang, like we like who's going to have our back besides us? And, and that's not to yeah. say like there are no black men doing the work. Right. right. Of course there right. are. But I'm like, there, there yeah, aren't right. enough. Like, like, enough. We, we need y'all like we need y'all um, and we just don't have it. And it's unfortunate. And um just speaking to what Darius was saying, um, and of course, whenever you invoke the Black Panther Party, everybody thinks all kinds of other things besides maybe the core of what they were is that they just wanted to, all right, let's organize. You know, now that we are in this situation in America, let's not expect the system to one day bend to our will. Let's operate yeah. within this, you know what I mean? As far as sticking up for one another, you know what I mean? Whether it's like basically like 
if kids are walking home from school, somebody is like, if something happens to them, someone's round the corner mm -hmm. to witness it and get justice. Now, yeah. you know what I'm saying? You know, on a very basic level, I'm, uh, I'm saying. And then yeah, just like I economically too, to kind of stick up for one another in that realm as well. So that, you know, if you do have the capital to start a business, you have a means to actually start that business without jumping through a whole bunch of hoops that aren't meant for you to jump through. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know what I mean? So then that uh, trickles down to even like defending a candidate like uh, Kamala Harris. Like there should be a loud wave of support. You know what I mean? But yeah. the thing is, you know, for whatever reason, we kind of have let this narrative pervade as far as, well, you know, she locked up a bunch of black people in LA. I admit I was one of those people like who kind of held her um, record as an attorney general against her because I, you know, I just like, okay, what was happening is that uh, parents were being arrested for kids skipping school. You know what I mean? And I, I still feel like that's bad but I've kind of read into more of the inner workings on that and how she had to make decisions, you know yeah. what I mean? See, and, and doing the legwork on that. But see, people, people yeah. will just see the highlights, like mm -hmm. something like the New York Times or a major publication will just be like, well, somebody's mama got locked up because some kid skipped school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's all they'll hold on to, you know what I mean? We've allowed that to pervade. And I'm not saying, you know, deny the facts or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. fake news, you, you know, like, no, I'm not saying that at all, but just support. It yeah. would make a whole lot of difference as mm -hmm. far as, you know, just advancing our causes. Yeah, I yeah. think you're right. Because I, I feel like, and I tweeted about this once when she first got uh, nominated, and I was just like, there's a difference between coming for her for her politics and coming for her because of her race and gender. I have never mm -hmm. been a fan of her politics, right? And I've been open and honest about that. But you can do that and not disrespect her. But yeah. I feel like people, because they don't know how to have intellectual conversations about politics, they instead mm -hmm. will call her a monster or, or the B word because they don't have anything else to stand on. So yes, absolutely. If you, if you don't agree with her politics, call her out on it, critique it, which is what we're supposed to do with our politicians, right? right. What you're not about to do, at least on my watch, is be racist or sexist towards her with me not saying nothing. Yeah. Right. yeah that's, that's totally how I feel because I'm with y'all guys. I was the same way, Stevie. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was just like, yo, I, there's a lot of stuff that she's done and I'm not um, pleased with. But, you know, I I always tried to make sure I wasn't, you know what I'm saying, overstepping or coming for her in that, in that way. Because just like, I, we don't agree with everybody in, in everything that we come across. It's just impossible. You know what awesome. I'm saying? Because, you know what I'm saying? We have to understand that we, we disagree. You know what I'm saying? And, and some things that people like, I don't like. And it's okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't have to all the way be, nobody's perfect. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like people hold people to, and this is one thing I don't like about politics and all, you know, we hold people to this high standard, but we forget the humanity and all these things. We forget that people are people, people make mistakes and things happen. But you don't have to be disrespectful to people because they made a mistake. 
You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, because just like how he was calling her out, calling her out her name and stuff like that, that stuff like that just, I, I it infuriates me. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm like, man, I, I'm the only boy, you know what I'm saying, on my, of my mama's children. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got sisters and stuff like that. And I would hate for somebody to do that to them. You know what I'm saying? Because they're going to have to see me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I am that person that's just like, all right, y'all know if I show up, furniture will be moved. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I mean that. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I really take that stuff like that to heart. I really take protecting people seriously. If people have been around me, if women have been around me, I was like, hey, they, they know. I We friends, but I'm still going to step up for you. If somebody cross you the wrong way, I'm going to be there. And I'll be like, yeah, what's up now? You know what I'm saying? I heard you talking. You thought I went with them, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, you know, I'll be trying to not be violent, but, you know. You need a hug. Is what she needs a lot of anger. It's a lot of anger. I need you to work through that. I need to work through that. I don't even be upset half the time. I just have to let people know, like, yo, man, it's going to be somebody answering that door if you're not. You know what I'm saying? And it might not be, it might not be no hello, how you doing? It might be like, bop, 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 bop. You know what I'm saying? I love but, you. Okay. You know, I'm saying that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But that, that ain't how. That's why I might scared to have kids, man. Because I'm like, man, oh I'll be God. stressed. Something, you know what I'm saying? Like I had kids. It, woo! I, I already be protecting my nieces and nephews. I'm like, dude, man, I had my own child. Something of my flesh. It's gonna be a wrap for the school system. I'm gonna be like my mama was. <laughs> you just homeschool at that point. If I got, got to go to school. <laughs> School might lose its location. No, I'm, just I'm, 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 I'm a good guy. I, I ain't been to prison for it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And stuff like that. I'm a good guy. Knows well, he's in prison a, for real. We're gonna take a breather. Uh, and uh, Stevie Neal is gonna give us a word from our sponsor today. Her, that's right. Let's uh let's pay some bills. All right. Um, right. But yes. Um. Man, we're talking about life during this time of elections and global pandemics and uh, makes you think about whether you have proper life insurance. That's right. Life insurance. Um, Yeah. You know, with people losing family to the virus and just, you know, making transitions in their lives, um, a firm life insurance policy is something that is needed to uh, take care of family when, you know, God forbid you depart or if something unexpected happens. Um, The Alexander Insurance Group is here to have these conversations during these times. Uh, You can contact Mr. Roland Alexander, friend of the program, at 770-456-5822. And you can hit him up on his website at alexanderinsurancegroup.net. That's all together.net. And uh, you can start to put a plan in place to uh, take care of yourself and take care of your family during this time. I might yeah. be looking at myself. 
I mean, I'm just getting cremated. I'm just gonna say that right now. That's what cremation is, ain't it? I mean, well, yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. I was, I was saying I was agreeing. That's what I just explained. That's not cremation. They have facilities. No, that's hood or country. I don't know what y'all doing now. Now, In Brooklyn, we take them to a place, and there's, there's a machine, and they put them in. Yeah, yeah. I'm not I taking up space in the ground. What? So it, you want to be free? You want to? You talking about? You want one of them pods? You want to be buried in that pod? Yeah, and then to be able to fertilize the tree. Yeah. Oh man, I don't know about that. I haven't decided oh, where. <laughs> Look at angels. <laughs> I haven't decided. No, I haven't decided sorry. where. <laughs> <laughs> I have not decided where I would like to be buried, but where my ashes want to be scattered, so to speak. But I do definitely know I do not want to be anywhere near a coffin or a pine box because of Kill Bill Volume 2. Kill Bill Volume 2 killed all of that for me. Like, because my one of my root fears is being buried alive. So I I, I, I want no part of that. In so case I don't know that you're buried if you're dead. I could reanimate, Mella. <laughs> I could. Hey, <laughs> and then I'm just like. No, your spirit gonna be gone. You know, your, spirit, your energy gonna leave. Go ahead and hold your breath. I, I didn't know what to expect from this podcast. Uh, wow, <laughs> this, is, this is different than any other show I have been invited. Uh, Alexander to- Insurance Group, everyone. <laughs> Everybody, yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> so we reached the part yeah, we- of our show where we're gonna go into an in-depth interview. I feel like we've been learning so much about you just through conversations that we've been having about several different topics but um just gotta be more specific how did you kind of get into and transition into your line of work um hmm. i feel like for me just i don't know how i can watch tv and see what's happening and not be doing the work that i am doing um originally when i went to college um i was a pre-law poli-sci major um because i actually wanted to be president of the united states um, and a, a Supreme Court justice, like that was always the goal and the plan. Um, but I started teaching law um, to middle schoolers and fell in love mm-hmm. with the teaching aspect more than um, the, the, the law. And I was like, I, I can do law when I'm old. I'll, I'll, I'll do teaching now, you know, when I'm younger. <laughs> um, and then just fell in love with, with, with the community and everything. Um, so I went into school, into school counseling. Um, I, I did that in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I got my master's at Georgia State um, and was hey. a middle school and high school counselor for five years um, and loved it. Definitely one of my favorite jobs that I have ever had. Um, But I realized that, you know, we were doing everything we could to get our black and brown students into college, but they weren't being supported once they got there. Um, So I think that kind of encouraged me to kind of make the the transition from the K-12 space into higher ed. Um, So that's why um, I decided to get my my PhD, which I got um, from George Washington University. Um, And my focus there was in in inequality in, in education. And I just knew that generally I wanted to look at the experiences that black and brown kids were having at historically white institutions and how it was impacting their their mental health, which was because because my background was in counseling. And I think just this, the more work I did and the more research I saw, just really wanting to be able 
to focus on racial trauma. So um, my, my research looks at microaggressions, uh, racial trauma, implicit bias, white privilege, white supremacy, and all of those things, and how that impacts our our students, us us as black people, us uh, us as, as brown people, um, and they are really bad negative effects like the depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, like all these things that are happening to us because of the racial trauma um, that we experience on a, on, on a daily, daily basis, whether it's happening to us, us directly or vicarious mm -hmm. trauma that we experience from seeing George Floyd um, yeah. have that the office like eight minutes and 46 seconds, right? So like that stuff impacts us too. So it's not just the things that happen to us personally. Um, so yeah, so just really getting into that work and doing a lot of research and research studies on it. Um, I'm passionate about it. I love it. It's hard. Um, it is emotionally taxing. It is mentally taxing. I have cried after interviews, after focus groups that I've done. I've cried while writing my dissertation. Well, also because the dissertation is a hard work, but also because <laughs> of, of, of the work, right? Um, so it, it is emotionally taxing, but I can't imagine my life without teaching. I can't imagine my life without advocating for our people. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. awesome. What do you feel like in this field? Like, I know that you're on Twitter a lot. It's not a platform that I really am on, but in that space, um, what have been some of like the challenges or like maybe craziest moments uh, that you've experienced with <laughs> with with followers, people that aren't following you, just people in the Twitter community. I've seen one of them threads. Um, <laughs> Lord, amen. Um, so, and it's interesting because I am not, I wasn't a Twitter person either. Um, I honestly mm -hmm. just started my Twitter two months ago, um, just because a lot of academics and scholars are in that space. So I felt mm -hmm. like I was missing out on that. Um, and it's crazy because my first tweet went viral and got up to like a hundred that thousand likes and shares on like all social media platforms. So I was like, oh, mm -hmm. this is what mm -hmm. I'm supposed to be doing. Right. <laughs> um, so, 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 you know, which is, which is great. Um, but, you know, all of my tweets, I would say 99% are having to deal with race and gender, right? Mm -hmm. um, things that make people feel uncomfortable because we live in a world that is dominated by white cisgender men, right? And kind of what that looks like. Um, so when you having, you know, 100,000 people like your stuff, you're going to get a couple hundred trolls. Right. Yeah. Um, and I get a lot of Trump supporters yeah. that, that come for me on a regular basis, both in my comments. I get I get DMs all the time, like every single day there's something. Um, I've been called a black supremacist. That's not a thing, just so people know. Um, but I get I, I, I get called racist. I got called a cultist. Um, I got told um, I don't deserve to be within 20 miles of an impressionable mind. Um, our education system is doomed because of me. Like they come for me on a regular basis. Um, I get death death threats as well. Um, so I get things like this um, all the time. So like when it comes to the comments, I don't even read them anymore because they are so bad. But like when someone sends me a DM, I have to because I also get business through social media and DMs, and I don't know if it's a good good DM or a bad DM until you write until you open it um, and read it. So so those still get to me. Um, but they, they think it, for the most part, they remind me that this is why I'm doing the work, right? Like because mm -hmm. of people like you. So I, I don't post all, all of them, but I do post them periodically. So people can see like, like, look, like this is what the world looks like. This is how people are coming for me um, on a regular basis. So mm -hmm. it's rough. I'm, I'm not going to lie. There are days where it really does get, get to me. And I, I, I've considered like just, just stopping altogether. Um, but I'm like, no, like my work is needed. Like my work is important um, and I'm not going to let them scare me away. But there are days where it hurts and it's hard. Yeah, I actually was going to touch on that a little bit. Like what kind of keeps you going, you know, because you're kind of in a space where you're actually 
affected by it as well. Like you're a product of it as well. So it's like, how do you kind of manage that and what keeps like keeps you motivated? Um, I think for me, my first thing is always gonna be my, my, my students. Like they are why I wake up, like they are why I do everything that I do. So just thinking of, okay, if I'm not doing this work, then they're not gonna benefit from the work that I'm doing. Um, and then, so despite having trolls, like I have dope followers that I have never met that follow my work. Um, that like, so especially when like I post the bad stuff, like there, there are people that like will just randomly hit me up like, hey, I just wanna let you know, like I am so inspired by you. Like I, I follow you. I share your work with with my my, my students and things like that. And these are people that like, I don't know. Um, I, I people that have been like, oh, so I just finished reading your, your, your dissertation. And I'm like the 197 page dissertation that I wrote, like, I don't even wanna read that again. Um, but there are people that are out there reading my work and care about it. So I'm like, okay, like I need to keep doing it and they, that they definitely help bring me back up once I'm struggling. Mm -hmm. I think mean, that's awesome because it, it sounds like a challenge. <laughs> yeah, and um, because you know I, I listen to you know say your episodes uh, academic smoke, you know what I mean, and um, the one you know what I'm saying that that got me was when you were talking about um, especially the things um that you was dealing with. And um, school going through that process of getting your doctorate and, you know what I'm saying, and how all the things that were coming against you, you know what I'm saying, for from the people in your space, you know what I'm saying, the people that are supposed to be intelligent and stuff, you know what I'm saying. How, and you you got into it a little bit, uh, a lot in the um, podcast, but just for the people that don't know in our space, um, like, how did you deal with that? You know what I'm saying? Like, for real. Like, because me, I, I, yeah, y'all already you know. I, you like to move furniture. <laughs> I don't go down like that. So it was a little bit different um, for me. And honestly, I would say the first two years of my program, um, I was shucking and jiving. Like, I was doing everything that I thought I needed to do to make them feel comfortable. Um, and especially because I was fully funded. So they paid all of my tuition and my bills. So, like, it's so it's hard to clap back when you're like, yo, if I clap back the wrong way, there might not be no friends next year, right? So just really yeah. <laughs> having to deal with that as a fear. And then also like we talked about earlier when, when it comes to Kamala, like just this fear of per perpetuating this whole angry black woman stereotype, even though I have every single right to be angry, right? Like I have a right, right. to be angry. I have a right to move furniture if I want to, um, but like that, that just wasn't me. Um, but then I realized at the end of my second year, I was struggling with, with, with what's called the racial battle fatigue, which is this concept um, yeah. of all of the physical and physiological symptoms that we as Black people experience because of experiencing racism, racism on a consistent, prolonged basis, right? Mm -hmm. So like some of the uh, psychological consequences of what I talked about earlier, so like anxiety, um, the depression, suicide, um, things like that. But then we also have these physiological um, um, symptoms and things like that. So like we have high, high blood pressure, high heart rates, um, um, stress, stress ulcers, headaches, stomach aches, like all of these things that are manifesting in our bodies as well because of what we're going through that we don't even realize are happening to us or we're not able mm. to associate them with racial trauma, right? Like we're mm. just like, oh, I just don't feel good today. Or like, but then you realize, wait a minute, why does my stomach only hurt on the mornings I have to go to school? 
right? Mm -hmm. Like, why does my heart rate start racing only when I have to walk into this particular class, right? So like yeah. being able to see like, like these are the things that are happening to our bodies because of it. And I struggled so much, I ended up in, in, in the hospital. And especially for someone like me that already has a heart condition, like it got really bad. And like my, the doctor was like, um, your heart can't take the stress that you're under. Right. So like just struggling with that. And at the time I was seeing a, a, the therapist, too. And then he was like, you need to take your stress out. And I was like, I can't quit school. Like, that's not an option. So what like what, 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 right. what else you got? Like that, I, I'm not I'm not going to do that um, right. because then I was really going to let them win. But I was just like, yo, at the end of the day, I'm not going to let them kill me. Like physically, I'm not going to let them kill me. So I feel like that helps me to start advocating for myself. And like I started calling stuff out. And I think it's me. Right. So I don't like I'm not doing all of this. I'm, 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 I'm not cursing nobody. Like I'm not doing that. Like I, I know ways to like check someone respectfully. Right. Mm -hmm. So, I, but at the same time, like I was like, yo, like I'm not going to stay quiet while y'all are out here mm -hmm. disrespecting me and other black and brown students in this space. Like it's just not going mm -hmm. down. Right now. Gotcha. 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 Um, yeah, that's dope. That's thank you. Yes, indeed. Indeed. So, um, so October just happens to be Hispanic Heritage Month. Um, so how do your multiple cultural perspectives affect your work or even your life? Um, yeah, so shout out to Hispanic Heritage Month, um, which most people don't know is September 15th through October 15th, um, which is, I think, odd for a lot of people because most months are starting in the beginning, but it starts the 15th because five Latino countries have their Independence Day on, on, the, on the 15th of September, and then we kind of go from, from there. Um, but honestly, so being African-American and, and Puerto Rican, I think when it comes to my research has actually been a struggle that I didn't expect to be. Um, and I think I started str struggling with my identity actually once I got to college. So I grew up in the Puerto Rican part of my of my family. So I feel like that's always how I felt. But then I majored in African-American studies once I got to college to experience that side, but just struggling with feeling like I didn't belong in either space. So I feel like in the black space, they were like, you're not black, you're you're Puerto Rican. And in the Puerto Rican space, they're like, you, you a little dark, like you're not really one of us. So kind of just struggling with that. And I feel like even with my research, um, I struggled to even find Latino participants. Like I was mainly only able to find black people that that, that, that wanted to talk to me or interview with me and things like that. Um, so that was a struggle for me, just feeling like, okay, like I care about both communities and I wanna support and advocate for, for both communities, but just feel like one of them just wasn't down for me. But I feel like I've been able to navigate that and find my space. So now I do work specifically on Afro-Latinas. Um, and that's become a space that I've that I, I've created for myself and like making, so I actually have a panel this the, the, the Tuesday that I created that's about the experiences of Afro-Latinas in this country. And then I'm doing one next week about anti-Blackness in, in, our, in, in our community, which is running rampant and it's definitely an issue. So I feel like I'm, like, like, I feel like just like with white folk, like I'm not gonna let y'all tell me what I can and cannot do. I'm not gonna wait for y'all to create spaces for our voices to be heard. So I feel like, I was like, I'm qualified. Like I can create these spaces for us, but it was definitely a struggle in the beginning. Mm -hmm. mm. All right. Um, so. Yes, no, go ahead. Oh, no, no, I was just gonna say like, uh, do you have like any advice for anybody that's kind of like, about choosing this field of study, like, what are some things that you were kind of caution them, precaution them with, kind of entering into this space? Mm. Um, so specifically, doing race-based work or getting their PhD? What do you mean? Um, more so the race-based, um, but I think, I mean, I, I think, doc, I mean, just the doctorate program and just how 
you know, is kind of pieced together, I think some encouragement and advice will be uh, welcome <laughs> in that space as well. Um, but I, I think it was definitely more so just talking about just the race base. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, so I would say, uh, first thing, make sure this is what you want to do. Um, because it is not for punks at all. Um, and I mean, it's not everyone's calling, right? Like, I feel like you can still be blackety black and not be an activist, right? Like, like they're like that, that doesn't mean like, that's what you have to do, but it needs to, like, for me, like it needs to be why I wake up in the morning. Otherwise it's going to break you down. So even someone like me that loves it and is passionate, like I still struggle, right, on a regular basis. So you need to know that this is the work that you want to do no matter what. Um, and you need to believe in the work. Because if you don't believe in what you're doing, like you're not going to be able to actually fight for our people and people already don't listen to us. So if you don't believe it, like they're they're, they're definitely right. not, you know, yeah. not, not going to listen to it. Um, and I mean, I think especially right now in our country with the Don, Donald Trump, like he's banning critical race theory, theory and race-based um, workshops and trainings if they're federally funded because he thinks that they're anti-American. So I'm just like, if anti-racism is anti-American, then is racism American? Right. Which is why we need these things, right? So for yes. me, it was, it was a personal attack because all of my work is informed by critical race theory. So I'm a critical race scholar. That is the work that I do. And he specifically came for, for my work. Um, so I, I think for me, like it was frustrating, but I'm like, but you're also reaffirming why the work is needed, right? Exactly. So I think that's why I tell people like, like it is, it is not for punks, right? So like I, 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 I know friends of mine who are also in this work that that lost contracts or lost specific, you know, job opportunities that they had because the president was like, nah, we, we can't do that. And I think schools who aren't federally funded still use it as an excuse to pull the anti-racism workshops and stuff like that, that they weren't really trying to do in the first place. Mm -hmm. um, but so that, and I feel like find a community, like you need to be connected to other people doing the work because those are the people that are holding me up. Um, mm -hmm. those, are the, those are the people that, you know, we're able to do the work together. Like we can't do this by ourselves at all. Um, so yeah, like make sure it's what you want, make sure you believe in it and find a community of scholars that are also doing the work because um, we need it to be. Yeah. I, I definitely don't have the uh <laughs> it's not me <laughs> i well, might talk okay. about it in, in, my, okay. in smaller spaces but i definitely agree like with anything what whatever you do like if you're not passionate about it it's definitely going to be evident so you know make but, sure that you want to do it is important but but Mela, you're so close you already have the <laughs> masters like it's just one more step right <laughs> Yeah, right. Absolutely. See, I do, I do, I do want to go back and pursue my doctorate, no. but I definitely okay. want to pay for it out of out of my pocket because I'm not trying Let's to see. use any more government funds. <laughs> see, so, when she said 120 some page dissertation, that took me out to running right there. Oh, like, yeah. 120 pages. <laughs> 197. Oh, and I guarantee you, every single person that ever wrote, wrote a dissertation knows Even exactly worse. the number 197. Even mm -hmm. worse, and there That's are plenty. Dog. There That's are plenty that are longer. I, I read one that was three seventy four, so they they definitely vary. Mello, I you, barely you, can right? write a ten page paper. Um, oh yeah, 
But I mean, I, I, I love to write. So like, so for, for me, like, I mean, okay. it's a lot of work, but I, I love to write. So like, well, once I'm in the zone, like, I mean, I can mm-hmm. write a 20 page paper in like three hours. Cause I feel like I'm, I've been writing for so long and that's what I do, but it's not everyone's ministry. And there are plenty of things, Melo, that you can do that I can't do. Right. So like, I feel like we all have things that we do. <laughs> and it's, as long as we're passionate about those things yeah. and we're doing those things to the best of our abilities, then mm-hmm. I'm here for it. Absolutely. All right. So what is the one little known thing about becoming a doctor that you would like people to know? Um, I th- does it have to be a positive thing? Because there's a lot of negative things in the process. Um, I think for me, and I think, um, and I actually wrote an article about it, and I feel like one of the main things is that people don't tell you how emotionally taxing the process is going to be. So I, th- I think for me, like when I was prepping for it, I'm like, okay, this is going to be a- a- academically rigorous. It's going to kick my butt. But when I tell you the mental and, and emotional turmoil, like was like was so much harder than like the actual work. I mean, the work is hard mm. too, but I'm like, that's that. It was nothing compared to how much you question yourself. And then especially if you're used to being a scholar and you're you're used to being someone that gets really good grades and it's always like never had to, and that's how I was. Like I never questioned myself in my master's program and undergrad, I felt good. Like that was the one place, I'm very insecure when it comes to other things, but I've never questioned myself when it comes to school. I got to the people, I was like, and it's to, to find out like everyone has those thoughts. Like people consider dropping out on a regular basis. Um, so um, I think most people don't know 50% of people who start a PhD don't finish it, right? Mm-hmm. So like it is common for that. And then when you look at women, our, our numbers are even less, right? Because we do do things like, like have a kid and that might pull us out of school and things like that. So then, so already knowing it's hard plus hearing those numbers. So like when one teacher was like, yes, yeah, so look to the left and the right. Out of the six of you, only one of you is going to make it because you're all women. And I was like, well, it has to be me because uh, I'm not about to drop out. But most people go through what's called imposter syndrome where you yeah. question yourself and you mm-hmm. don't know. But that yeah. imposter syndrome is real and it really it kicks is. your butt. But I feel like acknowledging it, I think is important. I think talking about it to other people, then you realize, oh, like it's not just me that feels that way. And like, we we, we, we can't all be here by mistake, right? Like we obviously belong here. Um, so yeah, I feel like talking about it, but I feel like they don't, they, because like that's not assessed on your in your college application, right? Like, it's just like your your um your GPA and your your SAT scores, GRE scores, but it's not like how do you handle stress? Like, you know, like like what's right. your current mental state like, right? Like, I feel like we need to be thinking about those things too. Um, because I feel like as a student, if you're already struggling with mental health issues even before you you get into school and you weren't prepared for all the things that it's going to do to you, like there are a lot of people that are struggling, right? And then if you're a black woman, you're, you're dealing with, you know, racism and sexism and all of that. And it's just like, right. whew, plus <laughs> right, this 197 page dissertation, right? So that, that I think that's the one thing that people don't talk about is that it is psychologically, mentally, and emotionally taxing that, yeah. Yeah, I think, um, uh, I mean, I feel like I kind of experienced that a little bit in my master's program. Like, I definitely feel like it was emotionally taxing. Like the work was, great like mm-hmm. i made good grades and i don't think like the assignments were anything i think it was just like i would constantly question myself all the time and <laughs> my intellect and i'm like am i smart or am i not because- right. and I was, i'm in a whole phd program at george washington and i was like and they pay for it i was like they will find out that i and it's you know what's so funny when i got accepted when i got my letter in my email i thought it was a mistake 
So like I didn't even allow myself to get it because you know there there have been instances in college admissions where colleges send acceptance letters to the wrong batch of kids and kids wow. have gotten excited and ends up like they actually weren't really accepted. So I was like, I think that's what happened. Like I think that's what happened. And it wasn't until my advisor <laughs> was like, Hey Angel, I can't wait to see you in person. And I was like, Oh, oh, like for real, for real, like this, this is me. I feel like I was struggling with imposter syndrome before I even stepped foot on campus, right? Yeah, so it's like, yeah. whew, it's a lot. And I mean, but I, I know, I know tenured professors that still struggle with it, which is encouraging. Cause I'm like, okay, like I'm not alone, but then I'm like, wait a minute. So in 10 years, I'm still going to be struggling. Like, I don't want to do that either, right? But it's, I mean, it's part of, it's part of the process. So right, definitely. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Something to continue. Thank you for reminding me of that. <laughs> I mean, I have been thinking about doing my doctorate. Don't know in what yet, but I definitely Which is important, right? So I, and that's yeah. why I waited so long to start it, because I think there were different things I was thinking about. And like I said, like it needs to, like it's just like the race paper. You need to know that this is exactly what you want to do, because on those days when you want to quit, if, yeah. if, if you already don't like what you're doing, it's going to be easier for you to quit, right? But if you exactly. love the work, um, that, that, that'll that help sustain you throughout the program. Yeah, absolutely. Ah, well, there's no more questions. Uh, this was great. Um, you know, I, I just, I think throughout the show, I just kind of appreciate your perspective on uh, all the topics that we had today, but I think just being able to get to know about you a little bit more. Um, well, I, I definitely have been already starting to follow you on your platforms, uh, but I think it's um, I think it's amazing what you're doing in your space in the in that space, um, and just the I don't know what the word I'm looking for tenacity maybe I'm not sure, but like to be able to like you said get up every day and be passionate about what you do is even though it may be emotionally taxing, like you're out there doing it and you're out there making a stand and you're out there making a, a name for yourself. Um, so I'm hoping that, I'm wishing you the best in everything that you desire to do. And if you do become the president, uh, if you do go running, hey, you, know <laughs> you got my vote. Hey, <laughs> if, 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 you know what I'm saying? Cause you know, you can use me as your vice president. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Cause I plan on running for president anyway. Vice president you know are allowed I mean? to move furniture. That's what Secret Service is for. That's what I mean. I'm gonna I'm work with them. You know what I'm saying? We gonna be. I'm gonna be a hands-on vice president. I can't. You know what I'm <laughs> like I will hey, keep that in I, mind when I when when I, I'm looking for running mates. I will keep or, that in mind. Or you know, I can work in the cabinet. You know what I'm saying? I could be you know Secretary of Defense or anything like that. You know. Um. <clears throat> I, you know, I, I'm I'm multifaceted and I'm I'm sure. well versed in a lot of things and you know whatever <laughs> you need me for, you know what I'm saying. I will read up on it and I get back to you. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> but no comment, no comment. I, I know I would be I, I would be an excellent uh 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 addition, you know, <laughs> to to your to your uh. Your leadership, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate you, sir. Thank anytime you. Anytime you have a problem, <laughs> anytime you have a problem, all you gotta do is look at me. I said, get him. Oh, you know. <laughs> I can't. And I'd be like, I step up, like, bop, bop, bop. like, hey man, why that dude came back to the camera with two black eyes? He crossed my president. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Oh guys. So we reached the part of the, the show where we're gonna be sharing our final thoughts before signing off for today. So we're gonna start with our special guest. What 
is a final thought of yours, maybe something that you haven't shared or that you've been wanting to share uh, throughout the show or just anything else. And or plug yourself too, you know what I'm saying? Um, oh, I'm, I suck at that. So thank you for that reminder. Um, I think for me, the biggest thing, I, at least I want people to take away from today is y'all need to protect black women, period. Um, and I feel like I want y'all to be intentional about that. And I feel like there are many different ways to do that. Um, but we as black women, we are out here fighting for y'all and it'd be nice if y'all fought for us too. Um, so yeah, I think that's my biggest takeaway. Fight for black women, protect black women, advocate for us. Um, yeah, definitely that. Um, in terms of plug, um, y'all can follow me. I am Angel Jones PhD on everything because I like to keep things simple. Uh, so Facebook, Twitter, IG, um, even my website is uh, angeljonesphd.com. Um, I do uh, race-based uh, trainings, gender-based trainings, microaggressions, implicit bias, all that stuff. So if y'all need anything like that, uh, hit me up. Awesome. All right, final thoughts. Melody. Um, I think uh, overall, I would just encourage people to continue to be authentic in their own space. I definitely feel like Angel hit the nail on the head um, when she was just talking about um, why you do what you do, basically. Like, you have to be passionate about it. You have to have um, the skin for it, if you will. Like, depending on, depending on what it is, but I feel like um, whatever it is, I think you... It's, it's vital to be authentic. Um, I think that's something that I struggled with for a while. Like, even though I feel like I was validated on the outside by many people, but if you don't feel it yourself, like it's mm-hmm. just not gonna shine through. Like people could tell you all day that you're you're good for this and you're great for them. You're amazing, you're talented and this, that and third. But if you don't believe that yourself, that's not gonna, it's not gonna come out in your work. And so I'm grateful to say that I've kind of reached that. I've finally reached that space to where I feel authentic in what I do um, and that I can add value to any space. So um, that'll be my thoughts for anybody. It's just to be, be authentic with you and add value to your space. Final thoughts, Stephen Neal. Yes, I would like to shout out two black young men in sports that have made some major milestones this week. Uh, Quinton Byfield of the NHL, drafted by the Los Angeles Kings, number two overall. That is the highest draft selection in NHL history for a black player. And mm-hmm. I think that is significant. There have been, uh, you know, some pioneers before him, like the PK Supons of the world or, or Grant Fuhr or, you know, other great black players. But, uh, definitely significant in a sport that traditionally does not give black athletes a platform um, and kind of just shifting that paradigm. And also uh, Lewis Hamilton of Formula One uh, just matched Michael Schumacher's win record in Formula One with his 91st win this weekend. Um, Michael Schumacher was at one point the most wealthy athlete in on the planet in the mid 90s i mean that's how much he won he uh he made more than michael jordan off of you know in terms of his athletic space uh so for it it was it's mind-blowing that another driver would even reach as many wins as he has but Mm -hmm. the fact that lewis hamilton has done that and again uh platform that does not traditionally feature uh black athletes you know i salute 
Lewis Hamilton. I salute Quentin Byfield for making those milestones uh, this past week and this past weekend, respectively. Um, so, yeah, that's my final thoughts. Congratulations, guys. Final thoughts. There is Jay. Well, um, <clears throat> I'll say this. Y'all know sometimes I get a little uh, teachy or preachy <laughs> on my final thoughts. Um, <laughs> um, along the lines of what we've been talking about, and this is something that I have been like, going through and trying to make sure that I am that in the space for like protecting our black women. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know it's easy to protect the people that are around you. You know what I'm saying? Like your sisters, your mothers, aunties, cousins and stuff like that. Even your friends. Um, But we have to be more, we have to do it in totality. You know what I'm saying? We have to watch our sister's backs, you know what I'm saying, on the internet, you know what I'm saying, because we know the internet is almost a sentient being in itself. Um, and just being more vocal about it, being able to stand up and stand in, don't allow things to happen around you. I ain't saying fight people, you know what I'm saying, because I don't want y'all to think I'm a violent man, you know what I'm saying, very peace-loving and gentle. Um, but just don't cross me. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, you know, this life, if we don't choose to come together and, and take care of one another, the things that we're fighting for are kind of in vain. You know what I'm saying? Because if we fight to get this two steps forward, but we don't hold together and build community, a community that not only respects itself, but demands respect from others, it will fail. You know what I'm saying? It's very, it's very hard to hold things together. You know what I'm saying? Without, you know what I'm saying? Being together 100. And I know people would love to say, well, black people do this black businesses. And we talk, we talk down to one another, but you know, we gotta be able to give each other grace you know what I'm saying? Because it's all a learning process. We have several things that we have to deal with, you know, and anybody that ever talked to me, you know, I talk about, you know what I'm saying? The things that we have to deal with through generations, generational curses, or whatever you want to call them. Um, because a lot of these things are passed down through our DNA and we don't understand why we deal with them. You know what I'm saying? Because I have things that I deal with and I, I don't know where it come from. But the thing that it is through mental health, you know what I'm saying? Talking to people that you know what I'm saying, can give me perspective to show me, you know what I'm saying, a way through or a way out because I don't want that to pass down through my kids. I don't want, yeah. I want to be able to teach my nieces and nephews that, yo, like, this don't have to be the way for us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is just an obstacle. You know what I'm saying? And hard as it may be, you got somebody in your corner. And I feel like that's what it's all about. We have to get to the point where we really are truly healing and protecting each other through the healing process, you know what I'm saying? Because we gonna we're gonna be in this fight for you know just plain old rights, you know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna say 
black rights or anything like that. I just want to say just rights of humankind. I think everybody should be afforded the same treatment. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be backlash because people don't want their system to change because believe if they whether they believe it or not, they're comfortable in what they have because that's the reason why they go. They are so unrelenting and holding on to it and giving pushback and saying things don't exist. But we must continue to fight. We must continue to fight for one another. We must continue to love one another. And we must give each other grace. You know what I'm saying? We must just keep extending, you know what I'm saying, good tithings to one another until we get to the place where we we, we obtain all the things that we are owed, do, and will gain. That's my final thoughts. Thank you for sharing so what you want to say Mella? what you smiling for oh, i just i just saw on facebook that alexis just got engaged to ramon oh, hey, happy oh. oh. <laughs> hey man that's that's good oh ramon oh that was but a good yeah. the show. <laughs> congratulations yeah, you crazy kids <laughs> yeah a long time coming yeah. Uh, well, this has been well, conversation. This has been conversation. We talked about it. We talked thank about you it. Thank you, Dr. Jones, for no problem. You know, thank you. Us with your presence, you know thank what I'm saying? <laughs> I've been going through your stuff these past couple weeks, and I was like, hey, man, it's pretty cool. And I seen what some of the people were saying, and I was just like, should I DM them people? But, you know. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? But it is I what it is. You know what I'm saying? Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate it. It was a good show, guys. Right. right. Yes. Great show. And we will uh, announce the next guest for our next show tomorrow. So stay tuned for another second Sunday of Conversate. Exactly. In case you haven't noticed the pattern. That's... <laughs> Yeah. yeah, we we do we, we do things intentionally over here in the conversation space. We don't play no games. Everything is mapped out. Mellow pretty much. Is, yeah, nowadays at first we was just really pulling from the hip. Like y'all y'all seen it, y'all recognized it. So, but now we 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 we, we together and Mella has uh got our tongue foolishly out the way in. Got us to think about what we're doing. That's why we need our <laughs> black sisters around. <laughs> exactly. We need our sisters around. I'm telling you, if it was just oh, us. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll cut the lights off and try to hit a bullseye. You know what I'm saying? On that note, I am in the live. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're going to end the live. But uh, see y'all. So, yeah. See y'all later. Stay tuned for tomorrow for the announcement, and we'll see y'all next month. Hey, man, what y'all think my background should be anyway? Just leave it in 